Good morning. Welcome into the Ed's Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. You can listen to this show uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Ed's Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You go to edgeconstructioncompany.com to browse their work and read reviews. You can go to House and Facebook and Instagram to see more of their work as well. Uh, today, uh, since it's Madison, and uh, it just seems like everyone... Well, first of all, I think there's home remodeling shows in the first place. Everyone wants to find an old house to, to renovate, and that's kind of the, the dream of everyone. But uh, some of those dreams, uh, if I really wanted to be a radio guy, some of those dreams become nightmares. But uh, <laughs> as we looked at it, we've talked about it before, but uh, there's just a lot that goes into um, the uh, you know the actual process of an older home. But before we get into all that, I, I, I wanted to ask this question. I'm probably wrong. Uh, and so I was talking to my wife about this, and she's she always is about unplugging the the coffee maker uh, at our house because uh, she's like, well, my my uh, her grandparents' old farmhouse basically burned down because of the coffee maker. And in my head, and I said it to her, I'm like, I wonder, and I'm going to ask Mike this, I'm like, I'm wondering if that's related to knob and two because I'm like, our coffee maker is plugged into, uh, it's like it, it requires it. It's like be plugged into a GFI certified outlet. I'm like, I don't think, I think something would just pop and it would probably kill it immediately before that could really happen. Yeah, so anything like that, it's it's better if it's plugged into a, a GFI outlet. But that is just checking to make sure that it's got a legitimate ground, okay. uh, right? So the ground makes that safer. There's been some, you mentioned knob and tube. That's like a really, really old version of wiring. And their house is like 100 years old, the one that burned down the old farmhouse. Okay. And for example, for those listeners, though, Mike knows the age of our house. It's like a, it's like a 13 or 14-year-old house, so that's why a little more modern yeah, you should have to uh, you know, especially if you're in a GFI. Yeah. So even our even our guys, when I'm saying when what they're supposed to be doing when they go work in a brand new house or, or anybody's house is plug tools into a GFI outlet. I know the temptation for them is tough, and sometimes I bust them. I see them plugged into the outlet that's closest to them. It just might be in a in a living room or something. Um, it's not really how it's supposed to work because when you're running a motor or running some kind of appliance. Uh, you want to have a good ground. Um, knob and tube, everybody knows knob and tube is bad. We've talked about it, and a lot of people know that before they've heard us talk about it. There's, there's, there's. It's, it's not like n- nobody knows what this is. Uh, it's an unbroken loop of wire that goes around. So, picture. I, I always think it's easiest to ex- explain in an upstairs. So you, you, this wire takes off from a panel, goes upstairs, hits the bedrooms, and comes back down, and then that provides all the power and. and it, in its day, it was probably a fairly safe thing. It separated the neutral and the hot. They were there. There were two separate wires running around. Now, uh, fast forward eighty or hundred years, all the insulation's falling off that old wire. Yeah. Um, and at the time it went in, it, it had to support uh, probably one light bulb in a room and maybe one outlet. And yeah. there there were no uh, window air conditioners. There were no computers. There were now. There's a bunch of lights and a bunch of outlets and and still. Still, still on that unbroken loop. So, in the kitchen, I don't know if it was knob and tube. It may have been. Um, when you overload that circuit, that one wire that's going around, uh, it's going to cook off somewhere. You know, meaning yeah. it's going to get real hot and then break, and then it's going to not work. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, if it gets real hot and starts a fire, maybe there's, uh, you know, pe- some of these old houses had newspaper on the walls for insulation. If it if it uh, cooked off and started something on fire, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. So, uh, and we're going to talk about outdated plumbing and electrical. That's the first thing on the list. That's why I kind of jumped into it a little bit. But, <laughs> I mean, how much, 
uh, I'm not like having you quote this, but like how much safer our house is now from that idea of the electrical fires and, and things like that than they were outside of like human air. I mean, heck, I remember someone there, I think they just built the house was almost finished. I remember by my parents' house and the house, one day I went to the bus stop when I was a kid and the house was on fire because the finish work, someone left like rags and stuff together. So there's still, oh, yeah. there's still like human air to be had there, but from the actual electrical you know, work causing fires. I'm guessing those have dropped dramatically over the last hundred years. Yeah, because um, we're we're using better product, we're better processes. Everything gets checked by inspectors, and electrical inspectors are tough. I mean, we're we're an electrical contractor. I know we've talked about, um, and you sort of have to overdo stuff because you know they're going to be tough on you when they inspect. So um, there there's been code changes like the GFI thing. Okay. They're, they want you to plug those appliances into a GFI breaker because it's it's a chance to draw more power. I there's there's other things like I remember one time that this was a um, just my house growing up when you know, if a breaker so on the box if a breaker yeah. kept tripping, well I, I remember sometimes uh, the dad and the family might go out there and, and just put a bigger breaker and so if it's, if there's a twenty in there you might put a thirty in there well we're gonna make sure that doesn't trip all the time it's really annoying yeah <laughs> well it's not really what it's supposed to happen right <laughs> yeah um, so sometimes you have oversized breakers and we see that sometimes when we go in to remodel people's houses where okay it, you really should have had a fifteen amp breaker in this spot. We, we might br- bring that back to normal where, where it's supposed to be and then fix the problem if there's a problem. Uh, there's other ways to deal with that. Um, we, we had a house remodeled actually in your neighborhood, not too far from your house in Oregon there last year, I think. And, and the house looked pretty modern. It was a ranch. It was in the country. I remember that one. Yeah. Anyways, the, uh, it, was, it was wired in the 60s or maybe early 60s, and it, and it was uh, – it was the the wiring looked modern, looked like modern Romex, but it, it was not grounded. So um, that was one of our projects was to go through the house, make sure everything was grounded, so we didn't have to worry about it. Uh, there is a code change now too that's making it safer. It wouldn't affect your house because yeah. you're you're 13 years old, but new houses now have um, arc fault protection, uh, which <laughs> is uh, another layer. So um, it's it is anno- annoying because it it looks like a GFI outlet. Um, with a reset, but if you plug in like um, I'm trying to think what would trigger this, you know, like an old drill when you, where you could actually see the sparks oh, when yeah, it starts yeah. up, or a vac- some vacuums were like that. Some of these beloved appliances that people <laughs> had in tools, they will not work on arc fault because it's it's uh, the powers that be determined that uh, that was not a safe thing if if it was creating that kind of spark when it started and when electric motors started and, and ran. So they wants wants to. Um, the new appliances, new tools do not do that unless something's wrong with them. I talked to Dale, our electrician. I said, Dale, uh, is this big brother uh, just throwing down another another rule and a bunch more expense? He said, well, no. He said, there were fire. There are fires because of this. And so um, you want to make sure you're using things that are, that are in good shape, you know, no problems. Uh, and, and you can assure your wife that uh, you're living in a very safe house and not a big, not a big problem, I don't well, think. And that's what I was going to talk about. So we've mentioned before as far as the knob and tube wire. We've talked about that a lot. And then we think about older houses. But you kind of touched on it there, the house that worked at in the 60s. So there are uh, there are maybe in-betweens. And you've also mentioned before uh, many times which uh, the electrical box as well. So aside from knob and tube, what else do you find electrical-wise in some of these older houses that are maybe from the, uh, I mean, 
yeah, obviously Matt's got a lot of hundred year old houses, but they probably got houses from the sixties and fifties and forties as well that might not be as tough as the you know the the hundred year old ones, but still pretty close. Somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, mostly what we find are overloaded circuits. And um, when I ask homeowners, uh, you know, if they know anything about this, the answer is always no. It was <laughs> it was whoever owned it before them. Uh, I didn't do it. I it's didn't like, I didn't add that circuit. It's like my parents always <laughs> joked that there was a ghost named Harry in the house that did everything because they'd ask me, my brother, like, no, I didn't do that. Was, so it must have been the ghost. Uh, well, apparently he's wiring well. houses. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we'll find things where it's just a ridiculous amount of of stuff, outlets, lights, whatever, uh, just added onto a convenient circuit that had yeah. to be going by. So when electricians do this stuff, they do the math. They go, okay, this if all this stuff is running, is it going to trip a 20-amp breaker um, or a 15-amp breaker? Or, or is it is it an, the, the size of the wire makes a difference too. So if you've got 14.2 is kind of the base amount, uh, base size of wire that we use, uh, if you if you go to twelve two, which I know doesn't make sense, that's a thicker wire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you go to a, a number six for a a, a two twenty going somewhere. That's a very thick wire. So, um, it, you can have too much heat going through too much too many things on too many things pulling through this this one circuit through this one wire that goes back to the panel. The wire is a little small, heats up. Um, you can have some problems. So, generally, when we find that stuff, we we fix it. We have found some exceptional <laughs> issues um uh we found uh the heat the ceilings i know we've maybe touched on that once this was always now. a good one though. I, I shared this with a buddy of mine who's like christian <laughs> over in the milwaukee area and he couldn't believe it he was blown away by it but i uh, so go ahead and share it with so we had, we had one uh was house on the lake that we remodeled a year or two ago and uh dale called me he's like i oh, gotta come out and see this so I, I go out there in the 70s early 70s like 71 72 that it got popular for just a year or two they basically bury this um, wire mesh in the ceilings with drywall motor plaster, and it's just literally copper, bare copper wires running through there. And then they pump a bunch of electricity into it, and so it's it's going to a thermostat. You turn the thermostat on; it's two twenty going up, and uh, and it heats up your house. And it was very inefficient and really not safe, as you probably can imagine. Yeah. Um, well, we had one of these, and, and a lot of them had been disabled. So uh, they started failing. People went, okay, I don't want this in my house, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, just um, took out the breakers or disabled it. Um, this one happened to have, th- when they disabled it, they just went up in the in the roof and, and took a wire snips and cut off the the wires without getting electrocuted somehow. <laughs> they were still alive, by the way, and probably that way for years. So it was just an open 220 up in the in the, in the same house, by the way. We opened up a wall. And there was just a basketball size, um, a bunch of extra wire. They just balled up in a. In, it looked like a big ball, and and that was live too. And it was a lot of a lot of power going. That seems it, common because so. my father in law had that in this one of his houses. They it was like the upstairs is like uh, I was thinking of like little house in the prairie, but it was like a, a house where like they had like you had to walk through the like two or three bedrooms that were super small to get to like the master, which was also super small. So like he took down the walls and basically made it. What was technically like a four bedroom upstairs into like a two, uh, because it was like because of all the walls set up there. But one of the walls he knocked down had a big ball uh, of electrical uh, wiring there as well. Not not a recommended. No, it's uh, not recommended. <laughs> no, that's um, um, basically uh, the, when you ball up wire and run a bunch of electricity in it, it through it, it creates a lot of heat and it's a problem. We we sometimes will. T- so I've got this um, infrared camera, and sometimes we'll. Uh, when we think of it in an old house, and we know we're going to do some do some damage in there. We can 
we can look at, the, at that wall and sometimes we'll see things like that. We'll see too much heat moving through wires. You can actually pick that up, ah. um, you know, if it's enough. So <laughs> uh, we'll take Bad a break here because we did a lot of electrical that. stuff there. Uh, this is the Etch Construction Homey Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Welcome back to the Etch Construction Homey Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636 Edge. You can go to edgeconstructioncom browse the work and read reviews. You can go to House and Facebook and Instagram as well. We're talking about some uh, uh, biggest problems you run into sometimes when you're renovating an older home. And in Madison, that can range from something that's over 100 years old to you know even 50 years old as far as technically old. Would you call 50 year old house older, Mike? I guess I'll leave that to you. Or is that 50s? What is it? 1970? I don't know. It's modern construction. Okay. So I guess I've always thought of it that way. It's you, you pretty much know what you're getting. Um, you get a little bit. Sometimes the '60s houses will fool you because the ones built in the '60s can look can look like the '70s. It's just like the wiring is. And we talked touched on that. That's yeah. one spot where that there there was a big change there between uh, in those decades. Yeah. Well, and then with uh, we'll kind of talk about this with the outdated plumbing is one of the other ones. I guess. I know you've talked about galvanized and ungalvanized pipe and those connections there too, but I guess I'll kind of leave it to you. There's a lot to probably unpack there with what technically qualifies as outdated plumbing. Well, and plumbing too in, a, in an older house sometimes has been changed. There's been changes. Maybe things moved around at different times and things got added. Um, and I, we had a house, uh, I think it might be the house. We're, we're finishing a, 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 it was like a first floor model, kitchen and all that stuff. And then uh, we did some things in their basement and updated. It was an older house um, and had a lot of issues, had a lot of issues. And I believe that they had, and we just cleaned up a lot of their plumbing. They had things that were added on. They had, I think they had four different types of pipe. They had the PEX, which is the red and blue stuff you probably see at, at one yeah. of the big box stores. Um, that's that's my school of choice right now, um, unless something better comes out, which I, I'm not seeing. Uh, PVC, which is still okay. That's the white plastic pipe, and and that can be cut apart and glued together for supplies, meaning your hot and cold water. Uh, they had galvanized pipe, and they had copper. So there's four different types, wow. and it was just a mess. There's stuff kind of going everywhere. The 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 reason when you're doing stuff to upgrade to the modern stuff, and I say PEX because um, it's, it's like uh, whatever, Kodak. It's... Um, if somebody said GIF, you know they're saying peanut yeah, butter, right? Yeah, because yeah. PEX was Phoenix, one of the yeah. first ones that came out. Now, I don't even think we use PEX anymore. We're using a, a different version, but <laughs> right. it's, it's red and it's blue, right? Yeah. Uh, when PEX first came out, they it caught my eye because they they put a 100-year warranty on their product, and I don't know if they still have that. <laughs> Probably crazy if you do, but what they're saying is it's never going to wear out. Like yeah. they, Somebody puts a 100-year warranty on. Um, but there's also, logically, it makes sense to me because it's sort of a – it's a bendable, somewhat tube where we can we can eliminate joints. Joints in plumbing are a problem. So if you do the PVC, you're gluing together a lot of little pieces and parts, you know, to go around corners. And whereas PEX, we can we can we can almost have an unbroken loop from uh, there's like a little brain box where it takes off and goes all the way to your to your sinks and faucets and things like that. So that's kind of cool. Um, we're still finding. Lead service, meaning uh, where the water comes in the house on old houses, that that would be, we'd call it a lead service. It was actually a lead pipe okay. coming through the house, and most people know uh, that's not good, yeah, right? You don't yeah. want that. Um, 
it's it's probably less dangerous from what I've understand than having your whole house be lead pipes, which we don't see. But right. Um, but the service is when we bring that up, people are usually like, okay, I don't want that. Any. <laughs> Let's get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. um, the the galvanized stuff, um, things kind of collect on the inside of that pipe over time, according to the plumbers that we use, and uh, they don't like the the galvanized pipe. Usually, when when we run into it, they say uh, we we take it out or else yeah. find another plumber. Um, I don't like it either. It, if when things kind of build up on the inside of it, some some solids, maybe some minerals and things, all of a sudden you've got less room to move water through where that stuff doesn't happen with the PVC and and the PEX. Um, copper copper has a half-life too. I mean, that, for most of my career in construction, that copper was seen as like the Cadillac. Like yeah. you, if you had big old copper pipe in there, you were moving a lot of water and felt like it was pretty good. Um, again, has the joints. Um, once in a while, we come into a, a house with copper piping that has not that the pipes aren't grounded, and you're going, "Oh, I hope my pipes are grounded right now." Yeah, yeah. what happens? Well, I remember is, in our inspection that was one of the things the <laughs> oh, guy okay. marked it, and they they were grounded. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. They, well, they that's good. Them. Yep. So it'll if it's not grounded, it'll it'll deteriorate. It'll it'll start losing. It's it's doing some kind of chemical reaction where it's where it's actually losing copper off the pipes, and it'll it'll you can see it. it it uh, you get that greenish look where yeah, it's where it's sense. changing. So, yeah. um, so that that's a that's some of the thing. The sometimes we'll we'll have outdated th- like traps um, underneath um, showers or tubs or um, too thin a pipe. So even now, I don't I don't understand this code. Um, on new houses, you can run inch and a half waste pipe. So to a to a a tub shower unit, but for a, a shower, if it's just a shower, like if you're going to convert that to a shower, it's got to be two inches. Yeah, which just seems strange. Yeah. So why not just put two inch pipe? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. That should probably be the code. I don't know why it's any different. You can take a shower in a in a combo unit and a tub shower. Yeah. You can take a shower in a shower. So, but that's that's one thing that usually has to get upgraded. That's wild. Uh, I was going to ask about. Oh, you kind of touched on it, but is there, um, talk about a word here, build up or uh, I'm just thinking of like, you know, toilets or whatever that you're trying to, whether it's running all the way down to the system of a house that's been around for a long time, that it just needs to be replaced because they're too full or worn out. And you kind of touched on it, but is that something you run into a lot or? Um, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> I remember one job you told me, I think and I was kind of getting at, but I think it's worth talking about. I think it was like a basement remodel where you had. Yes. Like, yes. I'm, I'm picturing it actually. Yeah, you know it because I'm sure it's scarred <laughs> into your brain. It is. It's scarred it's me for life. it's worth mentioning when we talk um, about it here. So this is a house. Uh, we, we actually did their basement and then uh, a few years ago and then last year we did their kitchen and uh, a bunch of their first floor and I, th- I think actually we're going back out there again, but um, they had a, a drain, drainage problem and I'm talking like the worst kind of drainage problem. Yeah. Uh, because uh, we know water goes downhill yeah. and everything else, so yeah. down to the basement, and then there's a big pipe going across underneath the concrete floor out to the street, and uh, they tried a lot of things. They tried uh, like a Roto-Rooter type company, came yeah. out there and couldn't make headway. It was like uh, solid like a rock, let's say. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. gross. So I happened to be down there. They had to, they had to open up this basement floor. And uh, these two guys were were they were kind of younger guys, and they they did this so matter of factly, and I was so grossed out. But <laughs> they opened up the floor, cut open the pipe, and I was just like uh, horrified. <laughs> but they well, uh, you know, they were um, 
eating lunch right there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, man, they did. Uh, they just got everything cleaned out and uh, uh, no problems since. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know if there's. You can't pay me enough for nope. that job. No, nope, not a gig I want. This is the Edge Construction <laughs> Only Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Edge Construction Only Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstruction.com to browse their work, read reviews, and uh, check out their Facebook page as well to see more of their work uh, before and after pictures. You can call Mike at 636-EDGE. Uh, we're talking about uh, problems you run into when renov- renovating an old house. And uh, the next one here, and I think you can kind of give the, the age where people should be paying attention to this for their house, but uh, lead and asbestos. We'll talk about those, and I'll see if there's anything else that maybe it's not technically like unsafe health-wise, but unsafe, uh, in your opinion, as far as wanting to update. But with those two, I'm sure there's probably a magic date where those are stopped being used in, in newer construction. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I'll talk about as, asbestos first. Sorry, I think we're talking about stuff like it's the unsexy stuff. Like <laughs> like on TV, they show all the fun stuff where you're just putting it back together. Yeah. Um, I usually tell homeowners, hey, about half this work is stuff that you don't really get to appreciate. It's behind right. the walls. It's, right. <laughs> you know, from whatever, insulation out. But um yeah, lead and asbestos. We do run into asbestos in Madison houses, older Madison houses. I don't know where they quit it, when they quit using it. I think it was in the 60s at some point. Um, we've got one, actually, that is in design now, and I think it's a kitchen remodel. Yeah, it's a kitchen remodel. And the homeowner brought up. He said, hey, down there, I think I've got asbestos. Um, and where it was is in your – where where the where – the, uh, the big trunks come off your furnace. There's connection points, and sometimes they would use asbestos-type material. You could almost paint it on, it looks like. Um, so they'd tape those joints, and then they'd put this stuff on over the top, and it would kind of seal it all up. It actually did a really good job, from what I understand, of insulating and <laughs> Amazing sealing work stuff. putting this toxic material. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to eat it or breathe it, that right. is for sure. So yeah. he said, okay, I know we got to change some things. Um you know, by doing this remodel, and uh, I, I'm going to get all this taken out. I'm going to use this as an excuse to get it taken out. So we do not – they call it abatement, by the way. We're going to abate the the bad product, which is, in this case, asbestos. There's companies that do that. It's not as scary as you think. It's not like a million dollars to have that taken out. They come in and seal things up, tear this stuff out. They're all trained. They have the right equipment. It's out in, in probably a few hours, you know. And then we can just start fresh and do our job. We don't have to worry. It's not a big deal. We've actually started to go the same way, by the way, with lead. A lot of times it's the same people that we deal with that that do that abatement. They get rid of lead. Um, we'll even have them do some demo for us while they're there. They're kind of good at that. They're yeah. good at tearing stuff out. Um, it's just one less thing for us to, do, to worry about. Uh, the lead rules are pre-1978, but what they're saying is, okay, Probably in the 50s, this stuff quit being used. There's residual product laying around in people's uh, garage, and it might have got used up into the 70s, but yeah. it, it's pretty rare in, in those those modern houses. So with uh, is there anything else when it says unsafe materials like lead or asbestos? Yes. <laughs> uh, go ahead and have anything else besides, because those are two that jump out to people, and everyone knows, oh, yep, stay away. But Yeah, uh, so we'll move on to mold. So this, uh, we just had a, uh, we're in the middle of a kitchen remodel on a, on a house in the Arboretum, and they had terrifically horrible ice damming. And we brought down the kitchen ceiling, 
because we got to we got to do a bunch of stuff in there, and so we we tore down some of the drywall there, tore out soffits, and we noticed it was wet on the inside of the plywood in that house. And then when we peeled back more drywall, we found um, some white mold and black mold and ugh, gross stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's not good either. Um, I have fantastic equipment for our people when they're demoing to not be exposed to this. Um, whether it's powered respirators, you, you look like uh, Darth Vader walking around. You <laughs> yeah. got a helmet on and and uh, thing breathes for you. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, but we also have what are called air scrubbers. So um, there, mold and and some of these other things we're going to talk about are not necessarily. There's not a law going. Okay, when you're messing with this, you've got to protect yourself or your employees. But it's a really good idea. Like uh, I, lead's not great, but it's it's um, you got to eat it or breathe it, right? And so if you're sanding on a lead paint, that's not good. That's yeah. you're putting it into suspension, but that's not usually what what happens. Um, anyways, uh, so for the for the mold stuff, we have the air scrubbers, which uh, the the ones we generally use are a three stage filter, meaning there's two filters, picture a furnace type filter, and then a HEPA filter. The HEPA filter that's in there is six or eight hundred bucks. Um, so it's pretty expensive, but yep. but you don't have to replace it often. But so you're you're filtering down to you know you're approaching germ level. So it's it really takes out all all the nasty stuff. I mean, a lot of this black dust that's in behind walls, I wouldn't really want to breathe that either. I don't well, know what to call it. Yeah, but, uh, it's not something you're going to put on your plate, you right. know, <laughs> yeah. and eat. Right. Um, so uh, I pretty much am going to say any when you open up drywall, any of that stuff behind the wall, you're not going to want to. You're not going to want to eat or breathe. It's insulation. There's some of this old insulation. Is uh, we have some in our shop that we took out a few years ago, just for an example. It's horse hair and straw. Wow, it's pretty disgusting. Like yeah. if you mess around with that. Yeah. But, and I don't really think it was that great of an insulator either. But uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to find that um, a lot of houses houses breathe. So there's air going in and out. A lot of allergens and dust and dirt get trapped in the insulation and. When you when you demo a lot of old stuff, you you find this insulation when you pull out. It's not yellow or pink anymore like it was when it first was put in. It's got black spots where air came through that and it brought a bunch of stuff with it that just got trapped in the insulation. So, yeah, there's all that kind of stuff you don't want to. And then what about? I know this isn't part of like a remodel thing, but I know that. I mean, now uh, whenever you're buying or selling a house, they're gonna do tests for radon gas and. Uh, I don't know. How, I I honestly don't know how dangerous it, it is. I know before we moved into our house, they put in. Uh, some sort of system to to fix it and uh it was you know but our old house we didn't have the problem but uh it is something that seems to be rising or at least the awareness of it i think i think almost every new house has it put in um and 25 years ago when i first got exposed to radon i thought we'd rarely see it um i think now people are going well it's uh it's less than a thousand dollars i'm just gonna put the pump then i don't have to worry um so what it's doing is radon is heavier than air goes down. It, it hovers in low spots. So if your subdivision or the place you build is kind of lower and maybe damp sometimes, I mean that's 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 it's not 100 percent that it's going to be there, but yeah. that would be a place that it would kind of be in. Um, if it's if it's well drained, um, not as much risk, but not zero, um, and it's clear as mud. Uh, what the pump does is it your your drain pipe's going around your foundation. It sort of ventilates that, so it 
So it just drags air out of there and sucks it out of your house and sends it up, you know, into your neighbor's house. No, I don't know what it does. <laughs> it's it just not goes to the up. air. Right? <laughs> I know that's about like so all you do. I was is curious because we do just, just send it up into yeah. the air, but <laughs> like, floats back down. <laughs> I see the system, but uh, so, but it is serious. Uh, so I had a uh, this was actually a basement remodel I did, and so we got a as a family with like seven kids, and it was early in my career, probably twenty five years ago, and. Um, they had egress and and we did everything right. And about six months later, their youngest son, I think it was about four or five at the time, started having a seizure. Where I don't even remember exactly what happened, but it wasn't good. Yeah. And he had one, and then maybe two months later he had another one, and then maybe a month later he had another one, and then he was having them every week, and then he was having them like every day. Wow. And uh, it's a really serious thing. And and finally, somebody figured out it was radon. And it was because low area had all the thing low area, unventilated foundation. There was no way to ventilate that. Uh, those people moved rather that they, they had no choice but to move at that time, yeah. uh, or dig up their whole house and and run drain tile and do the ventilation system. But so so it's nothing to sneeze at. I think it's probably worth the eight hundred or nine hundred bucks. Yeah. It's cost to put in or a thousand dollars. But um, I figured I have some insight because a lot of times now you're just kind of like okay, uh, say I mean someone comes out puts a little machine at your house and you just. Yeah, they tell you what the answer is at the end of it. Um, I'm still not really sure how accurate the test. I mean, when you're testing something like that, you're it's just this window in time. So, if I w- was in an area where I so what, like I lived on top of a hill with a gravel soil, maybe I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. If I'm lower in a clay soil, a um, little bit of moisture, I'd say, well, I don't care what the test says. I'm gonna yeah. put it because what if it's just happens to be low that day or something? Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. So. That's, um, that's some good insight there. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, this is the Edge Instruction Homey Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Welcome back to the Edge Instruction Homey Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstruction.com to browse the work, read reviews, uh, and check out uh, their before and after pictures. You can call Mike at 636-EDGE. And uh, we're talking about uh, the biggest problems you run into when renovating an old house. And we've talked about a lot of these. The whole show will be available on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or Wisconsin On Demand, wherever you get uh, your podcast. You can listen to the entire show if you missed part of it. Uh, one of the things here we're talking about now is uh, materials used to build your home that are no longer available. Uh, that's kind of a broad you know, stroke because, I mean, you could say some things, whether it's the plumbing or electrical that you've talked about, but maybe there's some newer things that uh, don't pop in front of mind for someone listening. Well, some things probably shouldn't be available. Right? Like, we don't <laughs> want can't get asbestos. Sorry, <laughs> darn it. Um, yeah, so there's it. It it tends to be um, when we're trying to match up finishes. All right. Uh, so you got an old house and it's got older trim. There's there's a really cool style of casing. So it'd be window trim or door trim that we've we've ran into a bunch in downtown houses and we've saved every inch of it that we can because if we're taking something out we know it's really hard to match up to i've tried to make it haven't quite got there in our shop um do have a friend now that is uh um, starting up a, a, a shop in town that says he'll be able to reproduce any of the old stuff that we have so that has been a challenge because we can't just go to a catalog or yeah. a book and go oh yeah there's <laughs> there's this stuff that yeah that this old trim i mean wood was uh there was a lot more wood in those old houses than there is now you know tall base um six inch eight inch tall base a lot of times it was a an actual one by six with a base cap they call it might have been pretty decorative um 
sometimes the same type of stuff around Windows. So it really, really can be tough to match up with some of those profiles or or even door styles. Um, there's some very cool old door styles in Madison, and I'm assuming it was uh, uh, kind of regional, like uh, uh, they weren't ordering from some big supply house. There was somebody locally that was making these doors. I love them. Again, I've got one sitting in in my back shop. Um, it's the inventory is low, <laughs> but you know when we have to match up, we, it's there's nothing better than the actual original thing. Um, there is a, a business in town that that has built an inventory of all that old stuff uh, called deconstruction. You're welcome. Uh, but uh, you've mentioned it a few times. You must <laughs> yeah, be <a> fan. <laughs> I mean it. It is great because sometimes we'll go there. And go, you know what? We need. Uh, recently, we had a. We had a modern door that we put in that that was a pretty good match with the old door, but we were, we saved the the door hardware, the handle set, and there was a piece missing. Uh, we didn't lose it; it just was missing. And so we went there to locate and see if they had it because they save a lot of that kind of stuff. And so it was pretty handy to be able to go there and say, yeah, "I'll you know, help us find this," and uh, they were they helped us out a lot. Um, and so. Uh, that's kind of uh, you know a little example of materials not used as much anymore. The other one here is outdated layouts and automatic. You've talked about this a lot with some of the older houses, whether it's um, not not the open floor plan, whether it's universal design, a little bit of both. Uh, you've got your kitchen in the back of the house, so uh, I mean you kind of talk more some of the common ones or the tiny rooms is one that I've, I remember. So I lived in Fort Atkinson when I was ten, and I feel like every one of my parents' friends lived in these older houses in Fort, which I feel like were probably, you know, over a hundred years old now, but they had some of this, this strange little styles in there. And you're like, what is, what is this? Like it's like a 10 <laughs> by 10 room. room. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just like the timeout room, but uh, it was very compartmentalized, I think, especially with older houses. Yeah, it, it was. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of remodeling on old houses in the, in Wisconsin and in the world here. And that's kind of the first thing that happens. Okay, what can we take out? What's bearing? How do we – can we move a wall? Can we eliminate a wall? Um, one of the first major remodels I, I did was I, – I think you were alluding to was um, kitchens in those old houses were not a common space, meaning you're they weren't for friends and relatives. They were just for cooking. Usually one person, you know who back there yeah. uh, in the back corner, lucky if you had a window. <laughs> um, and they were small, right? They weren't big. And so now – the kitchens are the are our focal point. I mean, it's where everything happens. Uh, still, in our house, it's where everything happens. When people come over, you can't get them out of the kitchen. You got an island there, that uh, lends itself to entertaining, right? I mean, you think about this, and I'm thinking of uh, what was the movie Christmas Vacation. That that house was maybe looked like maybe a house from the '60s or whatever, but it was a nice big kitchen. But it still was set off from the rest of the house. I remember the scenes in there were always like that's where people went to get away. It was set away <laughs> from the rest of the house, and that was a more you know, modern style. So yeah, it, it doesn't have to be a hundred year old house that has this sort of thing. I mean, now I'm, I'm actually thinking it's going the other way where I'm like, I, we work on a lot of new construction in Dane County on the interiors. And there's some houses don't have any walls downstairs. And I'm like, geez, you know, like <laughs> you nice to have one wall. Well, I remember with the, we, we had a condo and there was like, no, what was this one giant open space? And it was like 2000 square feet. The, it's a small thing, but like we had to put in surround sound. I'm like, I can't hear anything. Cause you turn the TV on, it would just float off in this because nothing like echoed back. And it was just like, you added that like a hundred because it was just like trying to fill the whole room. So a small thing, but I remember we had to buy surround sound because I'm like, you can't hear anything in this hu- in this house because there's no walls knocking anything down. Exactly. Uh, one challenge that most people don't think about. So when I, when I walk into an old house and they, people are going, okay, I say, all right, what do you, what do you got? What's your idea? 
they usually say we want to take out these walls, but we don't know what's bearing. And I say, in old houses, almost everything is bearing. <laughs> like, and it's not necessarily a joke. It started out as a joke, but it's yeah. not really a joke. There's a lot of old houses where where weight is coming down all over the place. They'll have random posts in the basement supporting uh, we call them doublers, so like a double floor joist going into another one, and then there's a big beam, and that's being supported. And so it, it is a real challenge to start changing uh, an old house. And I, we talk a lot about not trying to make it new. You know, if you can get 80% of the way there, 90% of the way there, uh, maybe that should be good enough in old house. You don't want to lose the character of the old house. Um, it's It gets to be pretty involved in CAD trying to figure out where you can transfer all this weight and what you can open up and and what's the impact going to be um okay we're not now we got this old house that never was meant for a big old kitchen big kitchen and we're trying to get something more legit in there uh it's got to happen in cad first and takes a lot of planning you know let's uh we'll wrap up with this part of it you've talked about this before uh and you kind of just alluded to it that sometimes if you want a more modern and uh open or a specific look then maybe the older house isn't necessarily the right way to go. That if you're, the, you know, I think you said it's poor. Like if you're looking to remodel an older home, you probably want to at least keep, if you chose it for a reason, to keep some of that character, uh, but at the same time modernize it. Just like I would imagine that if you you're fixing up an old an old car, you don't want to turn it into like the interior looks like a 2020. You want it to feel, uh, you know, you want to have some amenities, but you want it to feel like those older uh, I, cars or houses. I just feel like there should be a nod to history there, either way, but that. It just doesn't work also. I mean, like, it's really hard to come up with designs that work when you're just going too modern on an old house. Um, and thankfully, most people most people that buy an old house, they fell in love with that that look. They they appreciate it. Um, I, we, we, my wife and I, we've never lived in a modern, in a new house, I should say, a <laughs> modern house. But um, so we've remodeled old houses um, from the start that the there's a lot of times I say to myself, wouldn't it be great to live in a modern house? You have to tell me what that's like sometimes. <laughs> you don't have a house that's that's old all around you, but um yeah, you you do you do have to appreciate it a little bit and go, you know what, it's just an old house. I can't change everything. Yeah. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna love it either way. Uh this has been the Ed's Construction Home Remodeling Show. I'm on hundred point five ESPN, ESPN app and Wisconsin on the man.